So today we're going to look from the Gospel of John, if you have your Bibles. The Gospel of John, chapter 13. We're going to see a characteristic of Jesus and really, unbeknownst to the disciples, it's something that really started with Christ and it has carried on for 2,000 years. It's, it's one of the marks of a church and of a Christian when they're getting it right. Today's message is titled, Servant of All. And while you're turning to John 13, I want to read a passage, just one short verse out of Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So with that verse kind of seeping into our spirit, so to speak, let's read John chapter 13, verses 1 through 5 together, and then verses 12 through 17, and then I'll spend a few minutes unpacking. So John 13, 1 through 5. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Shift with me now a few verses below, 12 through 17. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know? What I have done to you. You call me teacher and Lord, which is a Hebrew or, yeah, Hebrew word rabbi. You call me rabbi and you say, well, for so I am. If then your rabbi and Messiah have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus is the servant of all. In fact, about roughly 550 years before Jesus would journey to the cross, prophet Isaiah, writing in the, Isaiah, roughly about the third kind of movement of that particular prophetic book, he would write about one called the suffering servant. And Jesus is that suffering servant. Isaiah 53, you can read all about it. It's remarkable. And Jesus is here washing the disciples' feet. It's the Last Supper. And I want to emphasize one particular verse because it's a bit ridiculous. John 13, 3. 
Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. So that's the New King James Version rendering. That's the one we just read. Notice this in the NIV. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. When Jesus had all the cards stacked for him, when the angels were ready in a blink of an eye to attend to him, he chose what? To serve. In fact, my first thought is this. Christ-like power grab. <laughs> it's my first thought. Christ-like power grab. It's a bit countercultural to what we may see across the globe. Counterintuitive. If you think about the devastation happening with our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine and in Russia, what's taking place? A unchristlike what? Power grab. Wars are started through power grabs. People power hungry. And it's not just left for Europe. It's in South America, Central America. It's in Africa. It's in the Middle East. What happens in those moments? People have bought into an ideology. Listen to this. An ideology that serves the principalities and powers of darkness. Jesus invites us as Christ followers to model our existence, to model our mindset, and to model our day-to-day -day living, serving, loving, tending to others. I have here, Jesus models what kingdom-minded people do with power. They serve. This is something I'm trying to establish in the life of our 10-year-old and our 6-year-old parents and those not parents, right? If you see a child, you can tell a lot when the power is in their control. Come on, I'll give you an example. We go to McDonald's too much. Okay, let me reframe that. I go to McDonald's too much with my daughters. And I'll be refraining. That's how I keep this incredible physique. <laughs> I will order, you know, you kind of, husbands maybe you're like me, you're doing the math. What bundle, what bundle, what bundle? What isn't on the screen that's a deal? You know, that whole 30-minute conversation. So one, 30 minutes later when I'm ready to order, I'm like, all right, we've got it down. Small fries. McDouble It's the best combination. And then the dad duty is, once the food's arrived, it's at that moment you proceed to ask for fries. Because your daughter should not be able to eat an entire small fry. And y'all would have thought, I asked them to lay down their life for their father. The noises that are created in that environment. What? You don't love me. And I was like... It's just a fry, you know. Dad, you, you know, you just, you know, what, what do they hold? They hold the control. <laughs> they know we just left McDonald's and dad's going to ask for fry. It's, it's, it's maybe a poor example. <laughs> and a simple example 
But let's be honest, we just get more advanced in our behavior the older we get. When it comes to money, when it comes to business, when it comes to our workplace, you know, none of us are going to like throw down our water bottle or coffee and stomp out of the room, unless we're the CEO. But aside from that, it's good for us. Here's, here's what Jesus knew about his followers. They would begin to infiltrate every part of society. They would begin to infiltrate every corner of the globe. And one, not all, but one of the marks of followers of Christ is to follow a Christ-like power graph. To serve. To tend to. To care. It's remarkable to think because keep in mind there are two things at play when we read the Gospels. There's the Jewish or Israel central theme taking place. Jesus' predominant audience were Jews. The chosen, holy people of God. That through them, all of the world would be blessed. So that's carrying place. But here's what happens. That story in the gospel is taking place where Caesar is Lord. Where the fastest traveling gospel in the first hundred years was not the gospel of Jesus. It was the gospel of Caesar. You say, well, are you sure? I'm sure. It was called the good news of Caesar. He would call himself king of kings, lord of lords. In fact, he would even call himself the son of God. So it's infiltrating. That's on the lips. That's on people's minds. Well, here comes this unorthodox group of people who are operating with a Christ-like power graph. Well, what are they doing? They're tending to the sick. In fact, it starts getting crazy. Some of the places they would gather, they would begin building next to them an infirmary for people who were sick, who were unwell. And it's crazy. The first doctors came from Christ. The first nurses came from Christ. The first orphanages came from Christ. Have a beef with Christians, that's fine. You can't undo the history that Christ followers have written across the globe. How? What's the reference point? It's Jesus washing feet. Thank God we're not about to do a foot washing service, all right? Everybody, take a deep breath. Some of you, you've been in services I was in. In my teens, you get a little nervous when we talk about foot washing. Don't worry. <laughs> so the first thought, a Christ-like power grab. Here's, what, here's a little bit, another way of framing that. Tal is greater than title. Tal is greater than title. Don't worry. Before it ever reached you, the Holy Spirit used that for me. You're welcome. All right? Sometimes, sometimes, all the time, the Lord is purging my own heart, purging my own spirit because I begin to recognize, man, God, don't, 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 don't let me buy in to an American power grab. The temptation's there. Lord, let me buy into the Christ-like power grab. I've been 
called to be marked by Christ. Amen? We've been called to be marked by Christ. And so I, I have here, John 13, 4. Jesus rose from supper and laid aside his garments. He took a towel and girded himself. So here's one way of understanding this. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. With that knowledge... With that knowledge, he did not run back to Capernaum. He remained in Jerusalem. And so you can begin to see the sifting of his, of his flesh later in the Garden of Gethsemane. He say, Father, not my will be done, but yours. Here we see him taking those steps already. He knows he's got all the power. I imagine there's a side of him that's, that's like, man... A towel, I don't know about this. God, li listen, have you seen some of the things my disciples have said? Dude, are you aware Judas is about to betray me? In fact, he's already betrayed me. He's just about to get his money. This is crazy. God, let's do something else. And you could, you could see, what did he do? He grabbed the towel, and here's what he did. Begin to wash the disciples' feet. Romans 15, 1 through 2, I know I'm, I'm giving you many passages. Just write them down and reflect on them later. One of Jesus' disciples who didn't experience him in, in the flesh like many of them did. Paul would write to a church in Rome in verse 1 and 2. This is the message translation. It gives us some perspective. It says, those of us who were strong... And able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. And not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Aren't you glad? Come on, let's, let's not think about us. Let's think about somebody else for a moment. Aren't you glad that there were people in your life who took the time to share Jesus with you? Because you know, you know you, and you know it wasn't easy for them. Some of you are going to get that later. And they had, a, they had a step through their insecurities. They had a step through their fears. They had a step through our impatience. And they served us. They cared for us. Their lives were marked, not about their convenience, but about a willingness to be interrupted and to be inconvenienced. What did they know? They knew that a towel was greater than a title. I remember kind of waning, and I, and I would argue with the Lord, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not so sure, God. <laughs> Titles can get you in the room. Towels can keep you there. I mean that. I mean that. You may feel insignificant in your workplace. You may feel, man, as, as, as promotions come and go, man, I'm, I'm on the bottom place of that ladder. Can I just give you a, a little Christ-like encouragement? Serve in the shadows. Go above and beyond in the shadows. Bless people. Pray for them. Serve, serve, serve. 
love them. And here's what happens. Matthew 6, Jesus says, what's done behind closed doors, your father rewards. And a father's reward is better than anything man can give you. So Jesus is framing. I know this may seem, uh, uh, for some of you, brand new. And for the disciples, it was brand spanking new. Because in Rome, they would be laughing. What? Wash who? They're what? That's ridiculous. No, 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 no. Because they had what's called the caste system. You may be familiar if you've studied India, unfortunately, still operates with some of these. And it is the wealthy all the way down to the poor. And the poor serve. And Jesus calls for us. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a flip-flop. We honor, we love, we serve. And so I say that to us. I just want to put that seed. Jesus is faithful to do. The Holy Spirit is faithful to do what he needs to do in your life. And I love every once in a while just reminding us, just really encouraging us and giving us part of our God-given purpose is we're blessed to bless, if that makes sense. So Christ-like power grab, towel over title, and then we see our future ministry. John 13, 14 through 15, it says, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Jesus knew that serving would subvert the kingdoms, the principalities, and powers of darkness. I love this. Y'all up for a little read about? That's two of you. All right. Well, well. God bless the rest. <laughs> no, I know what it is. The rest of y'all knew. Why is he asking? He's going to do it no matter what we say. Hey, is it... I bought this at the Dollar Tree when it was a Dollar Tree. And it was one of those, huh, thank you, Lord. It's called Seven Revolutions. How Christianity changed the world and can change it again. And on the picture, it's really enticing. It's got lions about to eat some Christians. So, man, that's all I needed. I'm in. For a buck? Yes, sir. Care for the poor. It investigates, if you will, it details some of the philosophies of the Greek and the Romans and how it was the most popular of the day. And how this Jewish, Judeo-Christian movement began to subvert Rome. And this particular portion is entitled, Care for the Poor. The Romans had a tradition of philanthropy. But although the word philanthropy means love for humanity, it is not an accurate label for what was practiced in the ancient world. Like Roman religion, Roman philanthropy was self-serving. The wealthy did not give to the poor. They gave to the city in order to increase their, increase their approval rating with the public. They paid for buildings, often pagan temples, but also court buildings and shopping malls, as well as public works. They paid for theaters and amphitheaters, as well as sponsored games and shows. And occasionally they handed out bread or coins to the people who gathered for their spectacles. But they did all these works not out of the love for people, or compassion for the needy. They did it in order to make a spectacle of themselves, to draw attention to themselves, and make the people of the city feel indebted 
to them. Sound familiar? When gifts were given out to the citizens of the city, they were given out according to social standing so that those who were more needy actually got less and the destitute were excluded altogether. Eventually, the Christians stepped in to do what the government could not. It's incredible. The Christian church took the principle from the Hebrew scriptures to love, to care, and to serve. And the Christians for centuries have been marked by really a few hours before Jesus would die, the foot washing ceremony. That is pretty much the entire message. Put it on our radar and encourage us to serve. But without fail, in every service, there's someone who needs to be reminded of something about Jesus. You came in today and maybe you didn't know this about God. I believe if we were in the room with Jesus now, you would not be overlooked. That if he was about to have the last supper, as the scriptures say, he would wash your feet as well. I was thinking about it this week. That you know our feet, they're symbolic. I mean, we use the phrases, don't we? Walk a mile in your shoes or in their shoes or how about my shoes, somebody? Right? We use that. But it's symbolic. What are we saying in that moment? If you could experience the heartbreak I've experienced, if you could experience the abandonment I've experienced, if you could experience the bad fortune, bad luck I've experienced, and I believe... Jesus affirms all you've experienced. But he goes a step further, and I think he grabs the towel with the water. And here's what only he can do. He washes them all away. He wipes every hurt. He heals every broken place of our soul if we're willing and if we can surrender And if we can invite him. In fact, in John's gospel, this is a culminating point. But a few chapters before, he talks about how the Holy Spirit comes. And he will be a counselor. And he will be a comforter. What's he talking about? He's talking about his presence in our lives. To heal and to bind up the wounds and the broken places. Well, How's that possible? It's possible by calling upon him by inviting him close, which I'd like to end our time together by doing in this moment. Will you pray with me? Father, for some of us today, at least in the message portion, is about that reminder. Mark us for service, God. Mark us to love others well, to care for others well. God, even thinking about this morning as we leave, Lord, the Single Mother's Day baskets, Lord, that we can begin to bless and care for those that may be overlooked in our community. God, begin to think of some things that maybe we can do personally, even in our own home. So often, God, in our own home, we overlook 
this calling and how we're called to be marked by you. So Holy Spirit, would you mark us again? Would you commission us again to go and make disciples? Part of that is serving. We're so grateful, Lord. We're so grateful to be commissioned by you. But Father, for others in the room, God, I even sensed it prophetically this week, God. Father, I thank you that you remind them they are your beloved. And as the scriptures say that Jesus, you entered the pain of our humanity to forgive us, to redeem us, and to reconcile us to the Father's heart of love. And we call upon you now, Lord, redeem us reconcile us heal us thank you Holy Spirit for restoring rewiring us in Jesus holy name we pray